When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there would have been a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister looking. You know, the look it was giving me. Welcome to Bigfoot Hotspot Radio, Sasquatch Chronicles. I'm your host, Wes, along with my brother, Woody, and researcher, author, and friend, William Jeffy. Let's start the show. So tonight we have kind of a special night. We have two people that we're bringing on to Sasquatch Chronicles. Actually, they've always been kind of a part of Sasquatch Chronicles. They're not really new to the show probably new to the audience, but we, I wanted to go ahead and introduce them. Everyone knows Woody, my brother Woody. He's kind of come back to the show on a permanent basis, along with Will and I. And we're also going to be adding uh, Ramona. Ramona's been working with us for a few months now. She's been kind of in the kind of in the backdrop doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but she's been helping us a lot with some projects we have coming up. So you guys might see the Sasquatch Chronicles brand kind of build a little bit from this point on, but she's been helping with that on the back back end. And so what we thought we'd do is kind of introduce them, bring them on, bring Ramona on, bring Woody back, take the show bigger than what it has been in the past. Uh, so tonight, Will, Woody, and Ramona will be taking over the show for the night. I kind of feel like I'm handing over the keys to the uh, Millennium Falcon, so, you know, don't, not one scratch on my show. I'm just joking. It's be a wild ride, with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, you heard you heard what happened to Holland Solo. He, he broke his ankle on the Millennium Falcon. So, uh, you know, I, I hope you can watch tomorrow, bro. That's all I can say. Yeah. Bring my yeah, ship back in one piece. We can't promise anything on dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll let you guys take it over, and uh, this will be nice. I'll be able to sit back like a fan and just, just listen to the show. So I'm kind of excited. Have uh, two two guests and uh, Bob Garrett's back. Everyone has been waiting of the week for the cliff holder about his uh, scariest encounter. But uh, we'll st- our first guest is Deidre. Hi, Deidre. This is Will, Wes, Hi. Woody, and Ramona. Hello. You've got the you've got the full lineup tonight. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're trying things a little bit different starting this week. So what I'd like to have you do is to begin by just uh, telling us about your encounters, and then after that, um, I have some questions I want to go with through with you about, and then uh, everyone else may have questions also, if that's okay. Of course. Okay. 
Well, I can tell you that I live in Central Texas in a rural area near Fort Hood, Texas. Um, and uh, I have two dogs, a blue healer and a pit bull, and I walk them early every morning. Um, and uh, usually between 6 and 7 in the morning. So I noticed in 2007 that um, there were some uh, strange – I've noticed when I was out walking, we have these big – I guess they call them like um, – uh, okay, what kind of trees are they? Um, they're big, bushy, kind of pine, pinion pine tree type things here. They're not very big, but they're, they're like real bushy. They're maybe like 15 feet high or so. Anyway, I kept noticing on the walk that these branches were being like twisted and popped, you know, kind of like twisted, maybe like, I don't know, like something was taking them and twisting them and breaking them, but, like, up toward 10 feet in the air. Well, I mean, I'm kind of like the rest of a lot of America. I've seen a lot of Bigfoot shows and stuff, you know, on TV, and I had seen this one thing in the 90s called Animals, I think, and they were talking about, I had never heard of this, but they were talking about how they had this idea that Bigfoot, like, broke branches, you know, and that's how they marked their territory or something. I can't remember. But anyway, so I thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting. That was in 2007. Okay, I also wanted to tell you that I live about a mile from the Lampasas River. And um, I guess a couple of weeks after I had noticed the tree branches, I was walking. It was really early. Like I said, it was probably around 6.15, 6.30 in the morning. I noticed that uh, everything was really quiet. Like I usually stop in this one part of my walk where uh, I give the dog some water and I take some water myself. And I didn't hear, like, any birds chirping. Everything's waking up early in the morning. And then I heard, like, this weird, like, um, ah. Um, and it wasn't like a dog because, you know, dogs kind of go, you know, oh, like that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but it was, like, it was a lot deeper than my voice, okay? It was, like, a male, like, really, like, ah. Um, really loud, and um, my dog, they just didn't even react to it. It was weird. So, I mean, it went on for a good, I don't know, I'm going to say 15 or 20 seconds, like longer than a person could probably do it, you know, like maybe something with bigger lungs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of really creepy, like the hair on the back of my neck stood up, and I was kind of like, what? So then I guess a couple of weeks after that, I kind of walk around in the same area all the time every morning. Um, I've got a neighbor, okay? He's got one of my neighbors has um, a chain link fence. It's about five, five and a half feet high from the, off the ground. Um, it's got wooden posts, and the wooden posts are in the ground with concrete. Anyway, uh, my dogs always stop, and they like to sniff around that area and do their business and stuff. Anyway, I started noticing that um, the fence at the top was, like, pushed down, you know? So I thought, great, like, this guy's got teenagers getting on his land or something at night or somebody's getting on his property, you know? But I started really kind of taking a good look, and I noticed that if somebody's going to climb a fence, at least I know in my youth when I climbed fences, I put my feet 
in the bottom part of the chain link fence, you know, and then you pulled yourself over. This didn't have any stretching. Like, I can send you some pictures of it if you want me to. Um, This doesn't have any, like, stretching or give at the bottom, like where somebody would put their foot, you know, and climb over. It was like somebody who had five and a half feet legs, (laughs) you know, just kind of like held on to the, to the top of it, kind of pushed it in some, and stepped over. Yeah, I thought that was, like, really very odd. So uh, I have a – I know some other people kind of walk once in a while, too. Well, there's a veterinarian that walks, and uh, I see him occasionally. Um, and I told him because I knew that he knew this neighbor, and I didn't know this man. And I said, you might want to tell your neighbor that I think somebody's getting on his property. You know, you might want to have him – kind of, you know, come out and look at this. So I noticed the very next day when I walked by, I guess the man had taken, uh, because it looked like something was like putting their hand down next to the wooden post. So the man had taken nails, like he took nails and like pounded it into the post, you know, to like keep whoever it was from putting their hand on the post near where they had pushed the fence way down and made it sag to go over. Anyway, it was kind of interesting. Then I started kind of noticing uh, there's an area where after it rains sometimes there's this uh, ditch and it fills up with water. And my dogs, oh, my God, they love to run and stomp around it and then drink out of it and stuff. Well, I noticed when it was drying up that I kept seeing, like, footprints, like a person, but, like, big footprints, like 14, 15 inches, like, like much bigger than my foot. Um, sometimes I would see partial footprints. Sometimes I would see like a whole footprint. I I sent you a picture of one. It's out of that ditch area. And, um, I just noticed that it was very, you know, it was just weird. Um, so I asked the veterinarian when I saw him walking, I said, uh, you know, do you know what this is? Do we have bears in the area? I mean, you know, I was trying to kind of like, you know, was this a bear? I don't know. He said it was not a bear print and that we did not, we had not had bears in Lampasas County since the 50s because he kind of grew up in this area. So, um, I was back to, okay, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? I do have other pictures, but, um, they don't always come out so good because I'm taking them with my cell phone. So, uh, that was one of the best ones that I have that I sent you. So anyway, um, I just kind of skipped to 2008. I had another strange experience where uh, my husband was out of town, and uh, I woke up like around 1, 1.30 in the morning, and something, I don't know if it was in my backyard or if it was in, because I have like a field and then kind of a mountain behind my our property, and I heard like this, like, um, again, like deeper than I can make my voice, but it was kind of like uh, whoop, 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 whoop but, like, deeper than that, and then um, I was kind of laying there, like, freaking out, like, what is this? I heard my cat, because my cat had been out, and he was at the back door, and he's like, meow, 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 and so I'm just, like, frozen, because <laughs> I'm freaking out. Then I hear this thing, it starts, like, it starts chattering, like, I know, this, is, this sounds retarded, but, um, well, just like this chat, this weird chattering. I've never heard anything like that. And then 
it would stop and go whoop, whoop. And then it started mimicking my cat. It was like meow, meow, meow. And I thought, my God, this thing is like trying to get my cat. I'm very protective of my animals. So I turned the light on. It stopped, like instantly, like no sound at all. There was no, and my dogs, they sleep on either side of the bed, on their bed. They were sitting up, but they weren't making any noise at all. And these dogs will bark at other dogs in the middle of the night and wake us up. They'll bark at my cats. They'll bark. And they were not barking. It was so strange. So I got up and crept to the back door because we have a back door off of our bathroom on our patio, off our bedroom. And I opened the door just slightly, and my cat, like, shot in like the devil was after him. So um, that was weird. Um, I did not turn lights on outside or look around or anything because I did not want to see what was making that noise. So I guess uh, I'm going to say later on in the year, like the end of 2008, maybe 2009, uh, my husband was out of town again, and uh, my mother-in-law was visiting. We both woke up probably like, I want to say around 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. We heard this god-awful screaming like a... Like someone being slaughtered is the only way that I can put it. I mean, it literally, I sat up in bed and I ran into the hallway and my mother-in-law was already in the hallway and we were just like, what? And we were like looking out all the windows, trying to see, you know, like if we could see something. We were not going to go outside and I did not want to turn any lights on. Um, It went on about 10 minutes or so, you know, and to begin with, we thought, my God, somebody's killing someone. Somebody is being slaughtered. And I don't know why we didn't just call the police, but we were so freaked out. Um, and then afterwards, when we were talking about it, we thought, well, it didn't really sound like a human being, but then it kind of sounded like a woman. I don't know. It was very strange. Then I guess maybe later on in 2009, in the springtime, Another neighbor that lives right next to the neighbor who's got the fence that got pulled, that got pushed down. Um, his fence, he has a chain link fence too, okay, but he's got metal poles and these poles are in the ground, uh, with cement. Okay. Somebody or something had pulled part, I'm going to say about a 20 foot in, or 20 foot long area of his fence. They pulled up three poles out of the ground. Um, with the cement still attached to it, pulled up and out towards the road, not towards the inside of the fence, like if a car had hit it, you know what I mean? I'm talking something had pulled the the fence up, okay? I don't know this neighbor. That's definitely definitely not something that just anybody could do, so that's that's (laughs) going to draw some attention. Yeah, with concrete, right that's, by, that's something a machine has to do. It's yeah. right by... Or, me, or, that, my, or myself. I said not just anybody, but I think I could probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I joke. <laughs> but yeah, that's well, what I was thinking. I was like, strong. you know, because I've done a lot of work. Wes and I have built a lot of fences and stuff, and those things are not light. I mean, they're very, very heavy. We're talking probably 150, 200 pounds, and for someone mm-hmm. to pull that amount of weight... resistance of the scary. soil with the concrete. It was right by where the dogs like to, what was weird was it's right next to the water, what I call their watering hole, where I see the mm-hmm. footprints and stuff, okay? Um, and it just 
I was like, my mom was walking with me that day, and we just looked at each other because we had already come to the, I mean, kind of the idea that, well, maybe there's like Bigfoot, maybe he's in this area. I don't know, you know, because, you know, the TV shows always say, oh, no, you know, they're in the northwestern part of the United States and Canada, and, you know, this is like central Texas. There's nothing. They're they're not here. They're not here, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So we were just like, okay, something bizarre is going on here. Um, I know that when my neighbor put his fence back up within the net, it took him a couple of weeks. He now has, like, you know what I mean by the concertina wire, that the like the roll um, right, uh, barbed right. wire, you know? He's got mm-hmm. that all yep. around his fence now on the top. Wow. So I thought that was very, very strange. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and then I, I guess I would say uh, then I guess I jumped to, like, June 2013. Um, we have fruit trees in our backyard. I have a huge peach tree that's like, I don't know, I planted it 15 years ago, so it's big. I know I've never had anything happen to the peaches or anything, but something or someone came in my yard in the middle of the night and took, getting ready to pick the peaches, they cleared the whole tree off. But what was weird was they were all like dropped along, we live on a dirt road, a private road. And all the way up to the highway, there were, like, half-eaten peaches and stuff on the ground. And, like, they were just all gone. Very strange. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I'm just saying. And so then I guess it's all leading up to August of 2013 when I finally think I saw the thing. And um, this was in the afternoon, and I was driving down uh, a county road, and uh, I was going, it was, the county road 60 miles an hour, so I was going 60 miles an hour, and this is right across the street from my private road, and I was coming from, my mother lives a mile away from us, and I was going into town. I saw this, um, I just looked over to the rider, I never would have seen it. Um, it was kind of stepping into a tree line that's right next to the road. And it was like this inky black, um, like really kind of like sturdy looking, like bulky figure. I'm not good at judging size or height, but I know that it was well over six feet tall because it looked tall standing next to the tree, which was like a big ash tree. But it was stepping into this really thick area of bushes and trees and stuff. And it didn't... I. Okay, I couldn't make out the features because I was going so fast and I just saw it for like two seconds maybe. But it was, the only way I can describe it is, you know how when you see a black cat, you know, and you're out driving or something and they just have that inky black look when you see them? Like, you know, like the the sun or like they're just absorbing the light. That's kind of what that fur looked like on it. And it kind of had like a head that kind of like... um, went up to a point in the back, like the forehead was flat or something, mm-hmm. and then it just went, like, straight down from the back because I kind of saw it at a diagonal angle. I didn't see it head on, and I didn't see it completely sideways. It was so kind like of at a diagonal. Well, yeah, kind of. All I thought to myself was I did not just see that, not on, in August 
in the middle of the afternoon, it's 90 degrees outside. They tell you on TV that these things, like, only come out at night. Why am I seeing this in the middle of the afternoon? I mean, it just freaked me out. I was like, no, no, no. That was what I was thinking. No, no, no. I did not see that. I did not see that. And it just made me sick to my stomach. So, anyway, that's kind of where I am, and that's why I sent you the, the – I, I love your radio show because I just feel like you guys are treating this like what I think it is. Because if it's a wild animal, I do not understand these people that are on TV that are running around wanting to sing Kumbaya with these things. <laughs> I mean – Well, I, I'll tell you, all all four of us have seen these things. And and we know exactly what you're talking about, your feelings. And I think a lot of that kumbaya attitude is from people who really don't know what they're talking about. They haven't seen anything, or if they have, um, it's some result of a you know their psychological reaction to whatever they saw, and it's not um, it's not accurate. So I, I'm going to run through a number of questions, and, and okay. some of these may seem like they're repetitive, but it's so we okay. kind of maybe dig at the at the encounters a little bit if that's okay. Okay. Uh now but during all these incidents from the beginning in two thousand seven to two thousand thirteen, um, you mentioned your mother in law was with you, but was anyone else with you during any of those occasions? Uh my mother occasionally walks with me. She has smaller dogs and sometimes she would meet me and walk with me. So she's seen the footprints. She's seen the fence pushed down, and she saw the fence pulled out. How about any other people? Were there any others nearby who may have seen or heard any of these things during those times? Okay. Um, just random things. I can tell you a couple of random things. I have a, another neighbor who lives on the same road that I actually know, um, and she and I, like if she sees me out, you know, we'll stand there and chit-chat. She lives almost across the street from the guy who's, fence at the top was being pushed down and um, her husband was deployed at the time so I was stopped and I asked her I said is everything okay you know do you guys need anything because kind of army people we all sort of taking care of each other she said no I'm doing fine she says I like to sit out here at night she said but the other night I was sitting out here now she there's a house that's right across the street from her that was for rent or on this road it's not really a street but a road and they were military people, and they had rented their house out. There are woods behind all of this on this property, and there's like a pond, and there's a big ranch behind there, too. Um, so anyway, she said, yeah, she goes, I was sitting outside in the front yard, but I, I don't do it anymore because a few nights ago I was sitting out here, and um, I heard somebody walking around in that yard that the those people – you know, they've rented their house out. They're gone now. They, they've gone, you know, to another base. And um, she said, I called out because she said they were stomping around. It was really loud. She, they were like, bump, bump, bump. And so she said she called out and said, hey, you know, I have like a weapon over here, so you need to leave. She said there was then there was just silence and nothing else. And she said it kind of creeped her out and she went in her house. Well, I tried to, like, tell friends and family about this, and they just kind of laughed at me, so I wasn't going to tell my neighbor, gee, maybe Bigfoot was, like, stomping around over there, okay? So, yeah. So that's the only people you tried to tell were friends and family, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, You know, 
offhand if maybe if anyone notified any sort of authorities or any authorities authorities may have been involved in these incidents? I don't know. I really don't know to tell you the truth. I know that there's another neighbor that because I I walk down this road and it curves all around in different areas and stuff and there's another neighbor that's maybe oh, an eighth of a mile or something away from the people that have the fence pulled up. Mm-hmm. Um, they put concertina wire around their yard, around their fence. Very strange. Mm-hmm. And this is something new in the last year that they did this. But, um, and I didn't want to, like, I don't want to be a nosy, you know, like, hey, excuse me, but why are you putting, you know, <laughs> wire up on your fence? It seems unusual, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I realize that, you know, it's a rural area, but there's really nothing that you have to really be afraid of out here. I mean, there's not, it's not like, I don't know. I mean, we feel safe, and for God's sake, it's Texas. Everybody's packing, you know. I mean, right. <laughs> now, let me ask you, so, did you, did you feel after people sort of didn't want to accept your story that you needed to keep the account secret? I I don't know. I tried reaching out to different people and stuff, but then I didn't get anything back. You know, I don't know. I, I went back and forth, kind of like I, I, you know, when I first wanted to tell people, but then you kind of get negative feedback. So then I was like, I'm not saying anything. In fact, when I saw the thing last August, I didn't even tell my family right away. It was kind of like, no, 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 I'm not saying anything because everybody's going to think I'm insane. I am not saying anything. So, well, what did you finally decide to come out and talk about this publicly? Because I like your radio show, and I feel like you guys are just kind of um, letting people talk about their experiences and not feel, you know, like they're insane or that, you know, they're being told, no, well, it's not in your area, so, you know, you must be imagining things or you must, you know. That's, yeah, that's the answer about. we were looking for. Did you have any thoughts about why the creatures might have been doing the different things they were doing? I think they're moving in and out of the area because it seems like there'll be like these little spurts of activity and then there won't be anything at all. So I don't know if they're just kind of moving around. I think they kind of stay in this area, but I got to be honest, I think they're just living under everybody's nose. And and it is how they move throughout their ranges. They don't stay in one place very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I can tell you things like like with your your fruit trees. I, I've seen mm-hmm. that a few times before. Um, I don't know if Wes and Woody are, are familiar with the area just north of the town of Carson, but there's a number of old abandoned fruit uh, orchards out there. One place I'm thinking of is a lot of cherry trees. Um, you know, the house and everything was long gone. There's just a bunch of trees out there. And a couple of times I was out there in the late 80s, early 90s, and just like you mentioned, up up to a height of maybe 12 or 13 feet, everything was stripped. All the cherries mm-hmm. gone, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And same with apples and other places also. So, And like the chattering you mentioned, very common in these situations. Let's see, let's well, that see. just scared me to death. I mean, I've never heard anything sound like that before. Based on the movement, and you and Will kind of been going back and forth on how they travel and stuff, have you seen, when you were talking about um, how it rains and the ditch fills up full of water and you were seeing the footprints, 
did it look like they were going into the water, coming out of the water? Were they traveling through that canal? Did you see the footprints further down? It, it, like, okay, you know yes, what I mean? I did. Sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it seemed like they were going in one direction, like away from the the neighbor who they were just pushing the fence down towards the mm-hmm. neighbor that they pulled the fence out. It's mm-hmm. kind of in between there. And um, I would see like the So that was their comfortable, always... comfortable way to travel in, back and forth oh, without being... Yeah, okay. that, that's a good question. Um, right. We found tracks. My brother-in-law died, did in 2005 near the Carbon River. And that's what the creature was doing there. In fact, it was funny. He he thought it was uh, he had seen a father and his kids out playing in this little watered area near this creek and uh, mm-hmm. was riding his mountain bike. And he came by a few days later when the water had dried up a little bit and saw these footprints. And we were in the field at the time about 700 miles away. <laughs> and we were talking about this, and I said, geez, that you found Sasquatch tracks. You know, we described how large they were. And when we went back, of course, there were there were more than 100 tracks through this waterway. And um, they were a little over 14 inches, about the size of the Patterson Sasquatch tracks. So, and, and years ago, you know, Bob Titmus found the same thing. You know, a Sasquatch is walking through a small pond. He actually drained the pond to cast the tracks. But they seem to do that on a fairly common basis. Yeah, I just got the feeling that they were maybe stopping to drink water or something because it was like it would always be on the edge, you know, like it would fill up and then when it would start to recede, it was like they were standing on the slope of it, like I maybe just like either stepping or like standing and getting something to drink, I guess. I don't know. How do you feel about being in that area after knowing what's there now? You know, I feel like this whole experience has ruined my love of nature because now I feel like I have to have eyes in the back of my head because I don't know if one of these things is going to like, you know, I don't know. It just, ugh, it creeps me out. And I grew up, I'm from Arizona, okay? So I grew up in Phoenix and, you know, we went hiking in the mountains on the weekends and camping and fishing, and I love the outdoors, and I love to be active. But now mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like I would have to, like, take my husband's AK-47 to, like, go camping in you. Right. How do, how do you think you'd react to another encounter with one? Oh, my God. I probably would, like, <laughs> probably vomit or something. I mean, it just <laughs> freaks me out. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I wish that you guys knew how to get rid of them because if I could get them out of this area, then I would be very happy. I do well, not it, like them there. It creeps me out. Kind of off the subject a little bit, but what kind of dogs do you have? I have a blue healer and a pit bull. Oh, hey, and, I got um, two of them myself. My brother has one. <laughs> but oh, you know what? You okay. still feel like you might have – so you're trying to feel like you have to watch your dogs all the time. You don't want them disappearing, right? And that's kind of an eerie feeling as well. I don't let them out at night by themselves. If they need to go out to go out in the middle of the night, I keep them close to me. I will turn the lights on in the backyard, and we have motion sensor lights and stuff now that I did my husband put in. And um, I stand in the backyard with them while they're in the bathroom. I don't. I don't let them go anywhere without me. Do your motion sensor lights ever come on for apparently no reason? Yeah, sometimes, but I guess I always think it's, we have a lot of deer here, um, uh, and, you know, critters, like, 
we've had skunks and possums. I was thinking back to the Honovia situation where they had the motion sensors in and and these creatures would they they figured out where how far they could come in where it would trigger those lights and exactly. and they laid sticks oh. down to mark the distance. Oh, that's horrible. That was going to be a question that I had if she had noticed anything like markers, trees, limbs, branches laid out about the yard anywhere near the motion sensors. I had not thought to look for anything like that. I mean, I could, but I hadn't really. Uh, I'm not really an active, like, um, I got to tell you, I'm not actively like, oh, I want to be like a Sasquatch hunter now. It's more like <laughs> I'm like, I don't want a Sasquatch to like grab me and eat me and my dog. So that's kind yeah. of the viewpoint that I'm coming from. Like, <laughs> right. oh God, Defensive. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think anyone, I any of us want to be lunch. Yeah, <laughs> no. I don't understand people that are all like, a Sasquatch and calling them and stuff. I mean, are they insane? If these things are like bears, they're big like bears. I mean, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go chomp, stomping off hunting bears in the woods. Those people have no idea what they're doing with wildlife. They have no idea yeah. whatsoever. Absolutely. Yeah. Right right after West Counter, we went back. This was like about two weeks late, uh, later after we had our encounter in the same area. Mm-hmm. And I have two pit bulls. Wes has a pit bull. And they're they're full size. He has a male. I have two females. And, mm-hmm. uh, we took the dog, we took the dogs out with us and, uh, they did pick up on the scent in the same area. And so Wes and I got very, you know, we were all our alerts went on, our spider senses all went on and it turned out to be a deer, but I was very fearful for what the thing and what it could do to my dogs. It could absolutely rip mm-hmm. three pit bulls apart with no problem. It would be, mm-hmm. it would be like a breakfast, breakfast for them. You know what I mean? And uh, I'll never forget that when we were walking down the same road. It happened to be a deer, but I got really scared for a second because they picked up on something and they bolted. And uh, but yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I was pretty nervous, and and that's three pit bulls. There's not a lot of things that could <laughs> send off three pit bulls. No, know, so. I mean they have like these big like anaconda jaws and stuff and teeth, and their mouth looks like an alligator or a big, you know. Yeah, they are. And I have like a big female, call, and we call them land sharks. That's what we call them. That's the nickname of Land Shark. And I mean, really, my blue feeler is the one that's fearless. She will chase yeah. anything. She does not care. She, you know, even people like if, and she's very businesslike. Like if you're in my home, mm-hmm. we call her the affection sponge, you know, because she just she'll be all over you, like love me, pet me, love me, pet me. But if you were to meet me out on the road when we're walking, she wouldn't want you to be within ten feet of us. Yeah, uh, she just will go for Very you. Protective. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, in time, that like you know, it, all these that I've heard and seen, it's like she just acts like she's not even hearing it. It's so weird. That's why for a long time I kind of struggled. Like, am I imagining things? Am I? But then like I'm not imagining like physical things happening, the physical evidence. But I, I couldn't understand yeah. why the dogs don't. Uh, do anything it's weird it's like because they'll if they see a deer they're on it you yeah. know right um and i think that's it, i think that's normal to think that you're imagining things because and i've talked to will on the phone on the show and we, mm-hmm. we and him and i and west have a discussion about this you know prior to the show uh, i had to reaffirm mm-hmm. that is this really happening did this happen or did i dream this you know what i mean 
Yeah, I think everyone yeah, asks themselves that question mean. over and over, over again, and you're trying to right. you're trying to come to terms with what you saw. And yeah. for most of us, it just wasn't in our frame of reference when we, you know, had that encounter. So well, it's it always helps. a question talking like, to people. am I crazy? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah right? Uh, just backing up to uh, the man that had the fence post removed. Um, mm-hmm. I know you didn't want to ask a lot of questions, and it's completely understandable, but... Um, Obviously, he said, you know, they were pushed out toward the road instead of in as if a car had hit it. So, right, there must have, there, I guess no one noticed any markings on there. Like, nothing hit those posts. Literally, they must have been pulled it, up or pushed over out of the ground. It was pulled straight up, okay? Yeah. It was like, it was like the, the holes that the concrete was in was still intact. It was like something came and and um, pulled it straight up and and out. Mm-hmm. And um, I should have, looking back in retrospect, I probably should have taken pictures, but I kind of feel weird about taking pictures of people's property and, sure. you know, like yeah. standing there like click, click, click. You know, I mean, it's kind of creepy. Um, but, yeah, it was like the literally – uh, something and there were three of three of the fence posts. As I remember thinking, my God, what is this? Um, had literally just been and the holes, you know, where they poured the concrete. It was still round, like something just went and went pull up and then right. out towards whatever it was that was pulling it out. Well, we're, we're running a little short on time, so Deidre, we really appreciate you coming on. Sure. And. Uh, very interesting. Everything you told us, um, detail-wise, fits right in with uh, numerous encounters. So uh, you're not imagining things. It's that's what's yeah. happening in your area. Well, thank you for letting me talk because I just feel a whole. I feel like I'm getting a burden lifted off of me. <laughs> I know that's yeah. quite keep, keep in touch, and uh, you know we'll help out any way we can. I will. In fact, if if I see more footprints, I will be happy to to send them to you, the pictures, so and, you can kind of see what's going on. And I don't remember. Did I send you pictures of any of the signs to look for? Uh, no. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay, I'll do that. So you so you can uh, keep your eyes open for some things there. Okay. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me on your show. I really do enjoy listening to it. Oh, <laughs> thank keep you. It really thank you. Yeah. Thanks okay. a lot, Deidre. Okay. Well, thank you. Good night. Good night. Well, for the for the third week in a row, we're having Bob Garrett back. Uh, we left everybody with a pretty good cliffhanger last week. Uh, Bob was about to tell us his scariest encounter, and uh, knowing Bob, I'm sure it's a really good. Uh, on the edge of your seat story. So without any further ado, we're going to have Bob Garrett. How's everybody? Hi, Bob. How are you this evening? Oh, I'm good. We we just had a bad storm. and uh, So if you lose me, uh, that might be part of the problem. <laughs> I, I think our listeners will string us up if we lose you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we've been getting a lot of hate mail for making them wait the whole week. Oh, <laughs> well, I hate that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I guess I guess we can go right to it, Bob. Um, everybody's been waiting on the edge of their seat to hear about your scariest encounter with a female. That uh, that happened to me and my son Travis. 
about, uh, I guess now it would be close to 17 years ago, 16 years ago. We do a lot of work on the Lone Star Trail. And uh, we had been getting reports uh this area if you that, that no one actually uh will stay uh and camp beyond the river and uh that uh, trailhead that we went in on so uh, uh you know like good little sasquatchers we decided that we'd go check it out <laughs> well you know while we were going down there we had our uh you know, our packs on and everything, and, you know, our tents uh, were rolled up and on our packs and all of that stuff. And people were telling us, oh, you don't want to camp in that. You don't want to camp in there. You, you go right through that area. You don't want to camp in there. So, you know, we we, did, we kept on going, and uh, it's about six miles down where we camped. And uh, when we got up in there, well, you know, it's a beautiful area. Uh, it starts... This starts one of the loneliest parts of the Lone Star Trail here in Texas. It is just beautiful. And right away we notice that there's an abundance of game, lots of deer tracks, uh, hog tracks. And we also noticed that uh, there was uh, persimmon trees, there was uh, wild plum. There were, you know, berries, grapes, and also uh we discovered that there is a spring that was bubbling up and uh, went down about maybe three, four hundred yards and went back down into the ground, which is uh, kind of rare out here, you know. But but it was beautiful, and we went all the way down. You know, we went all the way down to the San Jacinto River bottoms, and uh, uh, it, it, it was just you know totally beautiful. If I was a Sasquatch or if I wanted to go out there and live, that's one of the places I'd probably go. So we came back in, uh, you know, came back up to where uh, we were going to camp. And uh, it was a real nice spot. There was a uh, little grove of uh, pine trees, maybe about uh, nine, ten inches around, and looked some a little bit bigger. And uh, the trail crossed right past where our campfire was going to be and everything. And we set up our camp, and uh, the uh, my son set up uh, or laid out a, a really nice fire and everything. And we didn't light it right away because one thing I like to do is I like to uh, you know let the uh, uh, darkness you know come on and uh, you know watch the stars come out and everything and listen to the you know the night sounds and, and th- things of that sort. So that's what we did. We're sitting by uh, near our camps. I mean, near our, our tents. Well, you know, we we were watching the stars, and you know, you could hear the little birds and everything uh, uh, going to sleep. You know, they make little whistles and everything every once in a while in their sleep, and uh, it was all real good. And then the uh, forest got very quiet. And as it got quiet, we heard something behind us. And uh, as I said, there was a grove of little uh, pine trees on the side of us, which was uh, actually the right side. And uh, we had our tents right behind us. 
and then there was an opening uh, behind our tents. It was very obvious that what was coming was bipedal, was heavy, and seemed to be having a little trouble walking. Well, uh, all of a sudden, there was a roar from behind us. And, you know, we turned around real fast, and something was basically reaching through these trees, shaking these trees, and pulling them out. I got down on one knee. I have seen them hunt uh, elk and deer, and I see what they do to them. And all I saw at that moment was these big hands coming from my head. And I got down on one knee. I had my shotgun, and I stuck that shotgun up in its midsection. And uh, I was just pulling the trigger. Just I mean, I was within microseconds of pulling that trigger when uh, it backed off. And when it backed off, it had a uh, expression on its face, not unhuman. And uh, its eyes actually went up, or its eyebrows actually went up in surprise. I suppose it knew what that shotgun could do, and it backed off. But when it backed off, it began to pull those trees up, and it, uh, uh, you know, and throw those trees down towards us. Also, uh, it began to just scream bloody murder. And it screamed and screamed, and it went all around our camp and all around our camp and screamed and screamed. And uh, it, it uh, was throwing actual trees, knocking them down and throwing trees out at us. And uh, it was throwing uh, uh, iron ore, rocks, because th- uh, that used to be where they got a lot of iron ore at one time. And uh, it was throwing these iron ore rocks and dirt and, and stuff at us. And uh, this thing just, it just was screaming like a crazy person or, or crazy thing, you know, like it was just totally insane. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it, it uh, basically was having a meltdown. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of was that this creature was having a total meltdown that we were there. I, I watched my son's back as he as he lit the fire, and uh, we were actually pulling trees up that it was throwing at us and putting it in the fire and burning them, you know, as, as they went along, and we'd pull them up a little further and a little further, and we would keep, uh, you know, small things in there to keep it all going and get some good coals and everything and watching our back, watching uh, uh, where the... the Did we lose Bob? I think so. Uh yeah, we did, actually. Wow. Bummer. He was just getting into it, right? Oh, yeah. Wow. Must be that Let weather stuff he was talking about. Yeah, he said he's been having some problems with his phone most of the night. Uh I tell you what, let me um let me give him a call real quick back and if that doesn't work we'll move on to Mike. We'll give okay. Mike another shot and then if that doesn't work we'll figure something else out. Okay. Give me a second here. I'll try. I'll try him one more time. Okay. 
Everyone here at Bigfoot Hotspot Radio would like to thank Audible.com. Audible.com is the internet-leading provider of audiobooks with over 150,000 different titles to choose from. To download a free audiobook of your choice, go to audibletrial.com forward slash Bigfoot Hotspot. That's okay. We're we're happy to have you back. Hey guys, I got Bob again on the phone here. Oh, uh, okay. Hey. We've got uh, some some sort of storm action going on and being kicked off. It's kind of out of our control, but we'll do what we can here. So uh, welcome back, Bob. Just kind of go ahead and Thank you. Uh, leave off where you were, and uh, and uh, we'll continue the show. Okay. Thanks for All right. thanks for picking up this phone. Uh, and if, if you get kicked off again, I'll give you a call back. So here we go. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, well, what I was going to say was that the reason why I knew it was a female is because it looked way down at me. It had to bring its head way down because you know it's very tall. It had to bring its wet head way down, and I realized that uh, you know I, I was seeing breasts also. But uh, that's that's how I found out or, or realized that it was a uh, it was a female. But uh, she went on and on. Uh, just all around the camp, screaming, hollering, and, and, and carrying on. And I was not going to walk six miles back in the dark to the trailhead with that, you know, behind my back. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, it, it wouldn't have been safe. And I wasn't sure how safe we were there. She eventually sat down out there uh, at the edge of the camp and it was like she just was bawling and screaming and having a total uh, mental breakdown and uh, then uh, you know she gets up she goes on into the woods and we could still hear her out there in the woods, circling around and screaming, but it wasn't quite intense. This was later on in the, uh, uh, you know, in in the early early morning hours. But uh, we had a bonfire going. I mean, believe me, uh, everything she threw at us went into the fire. We had one big bonfire going, and I'll tell you what, we must have been in shock because we were sweating profusely. But we were having cold chills, like it was uh, winter time, and uh, it just it just kind of did something to us. Uh, I've never been able to forget it, and I have uh, a lot of nightmares occasionally, you know, about it from time to time. Not as bad as you know as we as in the beginning, but I didn't go and camp out in you know do any wilderness camping like that uh for a, almost a year and even to this day sometimes uh when I'm out there in the dark I get butterflies in my stomach and so does my son and I don't mind telling anybody that I, I was petrified what do you think uh, the adventures yeah. were when it was reaching through the trees at your head 
I think it meant to kill me. I fully think that it meant totally to kill me. I wonder what had her so irate in that particular area. You know, if it was just your presence or something else, you know, I mean, I know there's really no way to know, but it makes you wonder if there was a young one around or one she couldn't find or... Well, you know, uh, we thought about, you know, whether there was a young one, but, uh, I don't, you know, there, I, I don't really think there was a young one. I think she, she was alone all this time. Yeah. Uh, she, we discovered that she was crippled. And, uh, we got, we actually got, uh, prints of the crippled foot. And she would walk on the side of the foot with the toes tucked up underneath of her. And I don't know if it was a birth defect. Maybe she got shot in the foot or maybe it was, uh, to some type of inner, uh, 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 injury or, or whatever. But I know that, uh, obviously gave her pain. Yeah. And, uh, that's what we discovered. And I think that that was part of it was the fact uh, she was crippled and possibly, you know, more afraid of us being out right. there than we, well, I can't say we weren't afraid of her, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 that, that's kind of what we started coming to. And also, uh, we did go back out there. And, uh, you know, we went out there with a full crew and we started going back out there and putting up game cams and, you know, trying to get a picture of her. And she was, she was in this area for a good 15 years. Uh, we would go back in there, you know, about once a month to, you know, once, uh, every, uh, every couple of weeks. And, uh, she would let us know that, you know, we knew, or she knew that we were there. And sometimes, you know, she would throw something at us. Uh, she didn't have the meltdown again. Sometimes she would really get angry and she would, uh, uh, shake the bushes, the yupons, you know, and everything out there. But, uh, she didn't like, real quick, she didn't like us leaving anything out there. And, uh, she eventually, you know, tore the tree down that we were putting the game cams on. But, uh, at that time, well, we were kind of experimenting. And, uh, my, my, my son would go out there and, and you know, we'd go out there too, but, uh, uh, we started leaving things out there, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, mostly dog toys, you know. And we discovered that she actually liked the, uh, squeaky toys. She didn't the balls. She didn't take, uh, you know, any of the stuffed bears or animals, you know, like people say to do and everything. But what she did like, and she didn't like, the, she didn't take the uh, shiny stones and the shiny marbles and all of that kind of but she liked the, uh, uh, the squeaky toys that, that, uh, uh made, uh, you know, the squeaky sounds. She would break them. And she would bring them back and line them up, the ones that were broken. 
and we would replace them. And uh, to me, that showed, you know, a good bit of intelligence, of course, you know. I don't know. I, I, I wondered if she was mentally ill. Or if, That's uh, pretty possible. Yeah. yeah, because my wife's people say that they do have those problems sometimes, you know. That's just kind of what we thought was that she's possibly mentally ill. I don't think she ever had a maid out there. Uh, I don't think she ever had any young out there. Uh, she just lived in that spot. It was a good spot for her. And uh, I guess it was easy for her to uh, take care of herself. There was plenty to eat, uh, you know, year round. And when we would, when we would bring people in there, she didn't like it. She kind of accepted us going in there, but sometimes she got really mad when we would get, when we would come in there. I, uh, I, I don't know, you know, how, how to put it, but, uh, my son would bring, you know, new people in there and, and she would just go ballistic and so they would leave. And uh, there were times when I would take my dog out there. I, I, I would, you know, play with him and, and, and you know, throw, throw a, uh, you know, ball or, or, you know, he likes to play rock. <laughs> that sounds a little crazy, but, you know, I would toss a rock and he'll run, go get it and bring it back and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. apparently that was very entertaining because she would sit out in the, in, in the tall Yupons and she would watch this, you know, going on. And uh, we knew she was there because occasionally we could smell her. And uh, also we could see her, you know, just inside the Yupons. And uh, we never really felt secure out there with her. And I would never stay out there again like that. We, we had kind of a rapport with her, I guess you might say, on her terms. Which, you know, that's the way it usually would be anyway. The oil company came out there and they put up, they put in a road right across the trail and they drilled well out there. Well, that brought in a lot of backpackers because you could get there quick, you know, easier. That brought in a lot of hunters and, uh, she just one day was gone. And, uh, to this day, I have no idea if she passed or if she just left because of that or which I presume she did or what it was. Yeah. But, uh, she's no longer in there, but for 15 years she was there always in 15 years. We saw her, she shut herself twice and that was it. It's, you know, she could have had some, you know, mentally wrong, like you said, but if she were injured, a young age, like in a trap or something with her foot, it could have just changed, you know, everything for her and made her be a, a loner type. Some of the females <laughs> seem to have a, a little bit of an attitude, you know, the, the few that have been reported and encountered. You know, it sort of made me think about the old Bob Titmus story from Bluff Creek, you know, where he was uh-huh. out, uh, actually not far from where the Patterson Sasquatch was filmed, and um, he was out a little too late decided that, you know, he didn't want to get back to his camp. He'd fall and get hurt or whatever in the brush after dark, so he decided just to hunker down for the night and then head back to camp at first light. So he dug a shallow hole and covered himself with debris, all except for his face. And he kind of dozed on and off and and woke up about 1 o'clock, he figured, and heard this 
what he said sounded like a bulldozer coming through the trees and it was sniffing the air. <laughs> Apparently knew he was there but couldn't find him. And it mm-hmm. screamed and tore the brush up and finally left just shortly before daybreak. And, um, and he said that it looked, it looked like a bulldozer had gone through the timber. And, uh, when Patterson filmed the Sasquatch, you know, about three years later, um, he said the tracks were identical. It was the same creature. So occasionally well, they, they will throw a tantrum like that and, uh, and, uh, raise holy hell. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, if you're on the receiving end of that tantrum. It's not a good and that thing. Mel- <laughs> no. Uh, that, that, that meltdown that she had, uh, mm-hmm. it's still with us. But when I'm out there in the woods, you know, out, out in the forest, and uh, sometimes, you know, I do get, like I said, the uh, butterflies and, and kind of feel strange. I have to look, you know, watch my back and and everything. Uh, that comes back to mind. I've had nightmares about it. And it really uh, it really did something to my son and I. I, I, I can't tell you uh, how totally, totally scared and afraid we were. We, uh, like I said, I think that we had gone into some sort of shock, uh, because, uh, like I said, you know, we were sweating, but we were, uh, shivering like, like it was 20 below zero or something out there. You know, we, uh, like I said, we did go back in there. We did do this with her. Uh, I, I, I don't recommend I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, for a lot of people, I guess that's okay. I just don't actually recommend that because, uh, if we didn't come in and, 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 uh, you know, replace them like she, like, uh, you know, she, she had wanted us to or whatever, uh, we got pelted with, uh, sticks and, and everything, you know, all the way back out. <laughs> and, 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 I, I don't know. I think it's kind of uh, akin to, uh, uh, you know, feeding a bear or giving, you know, a bear or something and, and they get used to it and, and they, you know, they want you to continue with it. And when you don't do it or, or, uh, you know, you, you mess up and don't bring anything to, to replace, uh, the broken with, then, uh, they get quite irate with you. And I think that's dangerous or, you know, with her, that was my experience. It's, that was my first and only experience in uh actually exchanging or giving anything to uh a sasquatch and and I'll never do it again. Yeah, you know, that's kind of it's very similar to what uh Coonbo and Bear were talking about too, you know, sort of warning against feeding him or, or doing things like that because then they get to expect it and when it doesn't happen it really ticks them off. Yes, it ticks them off badly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I I totally had no doubt that she was going to kill me. Uh, I, I I think she was going to pull my head right off, turn twist it backwards or whatever. Well, I was just going to say that's why I got down on one knee because, uh, you know, I have spent a lot of time in the wild and I have seen them, you know, from time to time. And, and I have actually been uh, blessed or whatever uh, with seeing them hunt. Uh, and I've seen them hunt elk. And, uh, man, they, they, they break their necks and put their antlers right into the dust. Takes them right out. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I have heard them, uh, kill deer 
actually I've heard them kill them out here. Uh, it, it's very brutal. But I, I just didn't want to be on that receiving end. And uh, I was really totally going to shoot her. And uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't. But uh, don't get me wrong, I would defend myself. Uh, hey, Bob. Hey, Bob, for, yeah. for people that, that, that didn't hear, uh, I, I believe it was last. Do you I? Said you saw, can you kind of describe what you saw as far as what it looked like? I know you said it had, you know, she had breath. It was a female. Yes, uh, it was. Uh, it sounds like, it sounds like you were very scared and you were kind of like we use the expression on the menu the whole time, but, uh, uh, <laughs> can you kind of, can you kind of describe it for some of the people that maybe didn't tune in last week on some of the things you saw? Yeah, uh, she, uh, she had breasts, of course, you know, and she had womanly parts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she w- uh, was a typical, uh, black with, uh, the chronicle head. Uh, she walked on the side of her foot. She was, uh, extremely massive. I would say she was at least, uh, an eight footer, maybe, uh, you know, seven and a half to eight foot. Had very massive uh, legs, you know, uh, thighs, and uh, you know, arms and shoulders. Uh, you know, when we got to see her, you know, fully, the uh, the two times, uh, she, you know, had uh, the uh, uh, wide mouth. She had very large eyes. She had uh, a nose that was not unlike ours, but of course, it was very large. And it, it wasn't really flattened or anything. She had uh, small ears that uh, came close to the uh, sides of the head. And uh, could make out the ears, then. Yeah. Yeah, because you know she showed herself twice to us, and uh, in in all that time, and uh, I actually wrote down the description of what she looked like. Uh, in my journals that I keep. Right. When you went back, um, I forget, I think you already stated how long it was before you went back, but when you went back, did you have intentions to stay again overnight in camp, or were you just going back oh, to see if she God, would, you know, no. show up again? <laughs> God, no, no, no. I didn't think uh, so. <laughs> actually, there had been rain. We went back looking for, uh, specifically looking for, uh, uh, footprints because, uh, you have to know that area of Texas and it's really hard to get footprints. And in this one area, uh, like I said, they had, uh, at one time roads that came in there and they iron ore from the area. And uh, the trees had grown back up, you know, and they had done some plantings and stuff like that. And uh, a little further down, there was a uh, had been a what had been a quarry, I think, probably in the twenties or something. The the ground it, it, it's it's so hard because of the iron ore, and uh, you, you could drive a, a, a dump truck through there and. If you didn't know what you were looking for, you would miss it. <laughs> so we went back in there because it was moist, and uh, it dried out real fast. 
And we went back in there looking for tracks, and we were rewarded by finding her tracks. And uh, actually, we had camped near her track line. And uh, that was, I think, one of our first mistakes. Our biggest mistake was that we stayed out there, <laughs> that we actually camped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> well, it, it, it was it was bad. It was a horrible experience, put it that way. I mean, you know, I had had experiences with them come out and look at me up north uh, when I was, uh, you know, panning for gold and things like that. Um, I had one, you know, stand there and, and stare at me for nearly an hour, uh, you know, across uh, the creek from me. But uh, sure. this was just the most horrible experience. I can't say it enough. This was the most horrible experience I think I've ever had uh, with the Squatch. I, I think ever. it would be right up there for anybody. It's probably the most <laughs> yeah. horrible experience they could have. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I asked <laughs> the question. Um, just for viewers, I wanted to, I, I just, I didn't think you went back out there to camp, but I just figured we'd clear that up. <laughs> Okay. No, as a matter of fact, I won't camp out there now, and I, and she's not there anymore. I know she's not. I won't camp out there now. I do it, uh, it when we uh, go down that direction on the Lone Star Trail. I will go all the way up to where uh, you come out. Uh, you pass the river. And it's several miles. You pass the river. It's it, it, it's very lonely country. And but there's a pond out there, a uh, like a five-acre pond, and you can turn off and go into that pond, and uh, actually camp in there, and then go on, and that's what I do. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's a good area, and, and and there's so many frogs that you couldn't hear a Sasquatch scream if you wanted to. <laughs> Yeah, I'm chicken. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm right there with you. I, I I would be exactly. I don't think I would have went back to even look for the the print after that night. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> I uh, it was hard to get back in those woods. Believe me, it was hard. Yeah. But I did go loaded for bear. As a matter of fact, I went down and I bought the. Uh, some uh, bear shot, black bear shot from my shotgun, because uh, I only had deer shot, you know, uh, double odd buck uh, for, you know, deer. And I went down and bought some uh, uh, bear shot and uh, loaded it with that before I went in. And I also had my 45 with me, and everybody else was armed. <laughs> I was going to war if I had to. <laughs> well, I think yeah. in that case, you know, you really. I don't think you can feel like you're armed enough, you know, after an experience like that. No, because, uh, I mean, they're so fast. And I, if, if it had not been for the fact that those that line of trees had been, you know, on, on my right side where she was coming in at, she would have probably killed me. She I, she probably would have killed my son. We, we probably would be a statistic right now, you know, disappeared. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. And... Uh, I think that's the only reason why I had time to get on my knee and put that gun in her uh, midsection and surprise her like that was that row of trees. And I thank God 
far those rows of that for that row of trees. But uh, you know, to this day, and it's been you know all these years, you can go out there and you can uh, uh, actually see some of the trees that she downed. Uh, they're Bob, rotting now. Go ahead. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this real quick. And uh-huh. I hate to recycle questions because I'm not a big recycler. That's <laughs> okay. I asked this question on the last interview we had, and I'm going to ask you now because you said that you were, uh, uh, you've gone out and you did some gold panning. I've done that myself. It's, I, you know, I find it relaxing. I like to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, have you found any, as far as like, do you think, well, how should I say this? Do you think that Sasquatch, Sasquatches, uh, travel through the waterways as far as trying to be non-detected. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, uh, I know for a fact that they do travel the waterways. Uh, I spent a lot of time uh, up around the uh, San Juan River and the Florida River, and uh, mm-hmm. they do travel those waterways. They actually get in the water and will move with it. And they do the same thing here in Texas, uh, especially in the summertime. You will find them a lot in the, uh, around and in the water, especially moving water. But I have seen them, yes, travel uh, the San Juan River before. And you know, I they, believe that they... You mentioned that they, with the, uh, the old film, The Legend of Boggy Creek, where they said he always travels the waterways. I, I don't really remember that. <laughs> I got to tell you something, uh, guys. Uh, I didn't come out of the mountains till around uh, '96, and no, uh, I can tell. no, <laughs> and everything was new to me. I mean, you know, all the stuff from the '70s and '80s and '90s were. Uh, oh, was it, it was like watching. Yeah, it was, it was brand new shows. TV was brand new. I mean. I haven't, honestly, guys, I haven't uh, had a computer more than six years. <laughs> I was pl- I was playing with you, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I didn't hear that. Really. <laughs> hey, I get it all the time. <laughs> oh, no, I get it all the time, uh, you know. Uh, I, I can't, there's a lot of things I basically cannot do with a computer. Uh, and, and, you know, I told my, uh, my kids, my, my, my sons and my daughter, uh, when we got back, I mean, they just got right into it, you know. Uh, they, they went right into the technology, learned everything, you know, and, uh, did real well. But me, I, well, I, me, I stayed. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me, let me kind of back you up here because I kind okay. of pulled you out, but. Here's the thing, right. I have more re- I have more respect for people that are not com- completely uh tech savvy. Tech savvy. <laughs> See, you just you overdid me there. That's cool. Um you're a great guest and I think and everything you say comes true and you can you can tell the emotion and you can tell how true you are to what you're saying. I appreciate that. Uh you get some people that come in here that it, repeat everything that they've read on the internet. You're not that guy. You're not that guy, Bob. <laughs> well, you know I appreciate I mean? it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I appreciate you saying so. <laughs> come come in here and, and retell stories about things they've read on the internet. I don't appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate you. You're doing really good. Uh, 
As far <laughs> as, far as the, let's go great. back to he's great. Let's go back to kind of the waterways thing. Um, okay. And I know Will. I know Will. You're kind of because it kind of intrigues me because we're in the Pacific Northwest and. Bob, I don't know if you know much about the Pacific Northwest, but we have the Puget Sound. The Puget Sound. We have uh-huh. the Columbia River. We have uh, Salmon Creek. We have all these different areas to where Bigfoot has been reported. And right. if you take someone like Will, that is from the area, I mean, he could probably sit here for hours and tell you about the different the different interactions that we've had with Bigfoot on the Columbia River. Because I know if you get down towards Carson. Um, oh, good Lord. What is it, well, down, there, down there by Beacon Rock, what are some of the other ones? Stevenson? Is the other one down there? Right. Stevenson, Carson. Mm-hmm. And so you get down, and, and I think it's important that people realize that you get down on these river areas that uh, that's one way I believe that Sasquatch slash Bigfoot can travel uh-huh. without being tracked. And I think that's important that people realize that. Why, I don't know. I feel it's important. I'm kind of a dwarf. Well, you know, Rene DeHaan totally always agree. used to tell me to watch the waterways. Right, if, right. If anybody knew this, he knew it. And that's from way back in the beginning of all this, when, it, when the originals were, were digging into this and trying to figure out what they were doing. And it's always been very good advice. I, I yeah, think so, they, too. And, go ahead. Go ahead, Ramon. Go ahead, Ramon. What do you think about that? I was just going to say, um, here in Kentucky, um, the reports that come in are almost always um, either near the, the lake areas or the Ohio and even other small tributaries. And um, there's just, the pattern is that they're almost always, any, you know, reported sightings are almost always near rivers or, you know, these lakes that we have in this area. So um, that just goes along with what you're saying, Lee. Yeah, I think so. And and Will, we've talked to you like you're one of the first pre- first people that we've reached out to when we had our encounter. Yeah, and your encounter was pretty close to the uh, feet from where we were at, right? Yeah, you, know you guys are pretty close to the Lewis River. Oh, right on the Lewis, 300 feet yeah. away. We right. could look down yeah. off the cliff and see the Lewis River. So, and that Lewis River, there's accounts there that go back, you know, uh, to the 1840s that I know of, and I'm sure. As far as what? Course. As far as far as what people seen. Yeah, I mean, and and even even stories. I mean, like um, you know, a lot of people don't realize, like with the, the story of the miners that were attacked at the cabin in 1924 about right. St. Helens. On mm-hmm. their way there, that group of miners was uh, was hiking in along the Lewis River, and they would find tracks along the Lewis River. Mm-hmm. And you know, whenever they'd be you know taking interest in them, the leader of the party would just kind of blow the whole thing off. Uh, until it was, you know, of course they were attacked, and um, and it wasn't a laughing matter anymore. But they did find tracks often along that river, and there's there are places like um, uh, Yakholt, for instance, the town of Yakholt, um, and I don't remember which mm-hmm. tribe's language is that, or I think it's Chinook, but I, I'm not for sure. But the, the Yakholt, I believe means, it's Chinook, yeah, I think it Chinook, is. yeah, Yakholt means haunted yeah. valley. And, yeah. and the Indians would not settle there because these creatures were known to be there. And there's quite a few little creeks and things around there. And that's less than 10 miles from where we had our encounter, right? I mean, 10 right, miles from more north. Yeah, or less, or less, maybe. Exactly. Copper yeah. Creek, some of those areas, lots of activity around those places. But a lot of it, you know, the Washougal River and the tributaries that, that flow into it. In fact, my second sighting was on the Washougal River. 
Was it down there in the Washougal watershed area? Yes, it was. You know, a lot of people that's 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 when they have their sightings is when they're uh, you know fishing on the river or the rivers and uh, oh. down here. Uh, right. A lot of people have their sightings at night down on the lake and down. Uh, we have several rivers that come through here, and uh, you know a lot of people will fish those rivers, and they have you know a lot of their sightings along these rivers. That's because they do they congregate along the rivers, and they yeah, use them for trackways. I think it's a lot more common than people realize. Yeah. Well, it's not and just, uh, a, you know... Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I was going to say, Bob, uh, and we're getting kind of short on time, guys. We have about four oh, and a half minutes, five minutes, five minutes left. But what I wanted to say is, is Wes and I had kind of had this conversation um, two days ago or something like that. Uh, uh-huh. I, I really don't believe that you have... 10, 15, 20 miles deep in the thick of the woods in the middle of nowhere to see a Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Wes and I were just outside of the town of Battleground, Battleground and we saw one, you know. So uh, I, I don't think it's a matter of, like, how far you can get in the woods, how deep you can get in the woods. I really feel that um, mm-hmm. a Sasquatch is is closer in than what we really realize. And I think if, and I think if people really knew that, they would be a lot more concerned today <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think you're they'd be more concerned right. about it than what they are. Well, you know, and what are you? What of, are your guys's? What are your guys's thoughts on that? We got about four minutes left. Kind of Go goes ahead, along guys. with you know the thing with a lot of wild animals. You know, humans are kind of easy pickings for food because we're sloppy and we leave lots of stuff around. You know, I'm sure right. there's that factor also. You know, that whatever they, they can come in and get things easily mm-hmm. and easily easy meals, uh, whether it's a garden mm-hmm. or animals or whatever's around. Uh, so that's got to be a draw too. Well, you're 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 totally right about that. Hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Down down here, we have a development that's been developing for the past forty years, and it's just really eating up habitat. And that's one reason why we are getting uh, so overrun in the uh, Sam Houston National Forest. Uh, their corridor goes into this area, but even to this day. Right now, as modern as it has uh, built up out there, and uh, th- this is the Woodlands, Texas, we still get uh, reports from people uh, who live close to the more wilderness areas as well as uh, uh, law enforcement and, and uh, security guards and uh, construction workers who have to go in there, you know, uh, just around daylight to, you know, start their job, they have them actually come out of some of the big buildings. Good Lord. That's yeah. got to be a little unnerving. What a way to start <laughs> your day, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's why it's filling up so much here, and that's why the past few years uh, it has been so hot in this area, or such a hot spot in this area. And then you have the ones that have always lived there. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, uh, we have audio of, uh, uh, a big fight. And, uh, we didn't, you know, try to get up there and film or anything like that because we tried to stay away from it. But, uh, it, it was a hell of an aceous fight. Uh, you could tell females were fighting, males were fighting. It, it was pretty bad. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, we're going to have to have you back on to talk about that again sometime. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, well we're running I, out of time, so I guess we better wrap it up before the uh, the system kicks us all off here. So, Bob, thanks again for coming on and, and telling the stories. And uh, Ramona and Woody, we're sure glad to have you back, or Woody back and Absolutely. Ramona on. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank you, you guys. Thanks, Thank you. Thank great. you, Will, for holding my seat. I appreciate it. <laughs> you bet you, man. You know? Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> Very you coming much. back. Yeah, and it was nice talking to you too, Bob. You know, you're great. And for months, well, I'm sure we'll I appreciate that. Future. You guys are great too, and uh, I appreciate y'all you having me on. It, it, it's fun. Well, and, uh, we sure like having you on anytime, Bob. All right. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. And we had we had Bob on the phone, and next week we'll try to get uh, Mike on the phone next week. And uh yeah. Yeah, I think it's I like said you said his must have died or something and um well thanks everyone. Well, thank Join us again next week for, for the show and uh that's it for this well, week. Well good night guys. Yeah. And good I, night, I guys. appreciate Thank you me. having me on. Bye bye. <laughs>